This isn't SmackDown. This is what? Austin? What? Austin Theory Live. Get used to it, loser. This is the biggest problem with you. You're so disrespectful, not only to the business as a whole, but to all of these people out here. You think I care about these people? Austin, this will never be your show. This is the people show. And you know what that means? I did not even know that was, well, nobody knew it. Let's be quite honest. But let me talk to you. When Cleveland let me know about The Rock being there, I thought at first it was a joke. Maybe it was a something he saw on the internet. But when I saw he was there, I almost left the damn bar I was at, having a few crispy cold ones just to go home and check it out. But with Twitter, it's always a great thing. Able to find it online, watch it. Watched it a million times over in the following days leading up to this episode. And Cleve, I am still cheesing. I cannot be talked about enough how great it is to have The Rock back. That moment when he came back with the crowd, um, really only people like John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, Shit, The Undertaker, when you get a return, I almost even think Rock was a step ahead of everybody because I know there's a Mount Rushmore everyone likes to put four pillars on. But to me, if I had to put one guy above everybody else, that would be Mr. Dwayne Johnson. Let's say you and how we doing. You know what, Joe? I, the GOAT conversation for been picking up steam a lot lately. We hear the Cena fans screaming, Cena, you got some of the Austin 
you got Taker, but I think it's The Rock, man. I think The Rock is the GOAT just because of what he accomplished in such a short time. In eight years in WWE, he was literally the face of the company, you know, and it's and it's still, you get a goosebumps feeling knowing that The Rock is coming back. You mentioned I sent it through the group chat. I literally was laying in bed, folks, watching something else, and I get a bleach report that The Rock is on SmackDown. I hopped out that bed so fast and ran to the TV, and I was just like, man, The Rock's back, and do you see The Rock through people's elbow? It's just so, it's like, it's so crazy. He, I think that he hasn't been in WWE, I think about four or so years. It's the fact that on a random Friday night in Colorado, fans were able to see arguably the GOAT of all of wrestling, The Rock, show up, and he gave us he looked in great shape. I mean, him and McAfee, but the pop the rock at when he first came out was just really cool to see. I ain't no rewatching on YouTube, but yeah, man, great, great to see. I'm doing pretty well. My team is on a hot streak. I'll talk about that at the end of the show. But for right now, we're talking about the GOAT, Rocky Johnson. Absolutely. And there's no better way to say it. Um, yes, congratulations. Uh we're big football fans here. Uh, all of our teams won this week, so it was a victory Monday for Tones in Tampa Bay, for Dallas and Cleveland, and for myself and the Colts, so very good there. But, yes, no, uh, earth-shattering. I love how Pat McAfee, my dude, too, has been working with The Rock because, again, my brother and I are going to fast lane here in a few weeks. Interested to see what goes on there at the pay-per-view. We just had payback where they had some interesting things, but Fastlane is going to be in Pat McAfee's hometown. Will he be at the pay-per-view? John Cena is now going at it with the Usos and Solo, or more so Jimmy and Solo. Will that be at the pay-per-view? Will we get a Cody Rhodes match? Will we get any more sights of The Rock, or do we have to wait to the Rumble? You might, to me, Fastlane is open for endless opportunity of the element of surprise um, leading into those talks. I mean, man, Austin theory, I want to give him some credit too. He handled himself well in the ring. I mean, the rock had people chant asshole were on TV. If you were watching live, they had to pretty much mute the whole thing. There's some videos where you could get it without the uh, edits because they were chanting asshole, but it felt like a college stadium. It was ruckus. It was amazing. Um, but Austin Theory deserves a lot of credit. Uh, McAfee did good as well. But that whole place in Denver totally blew the top off. And I just wish I could feel that energy um, in that due time. But wasn't there. But, man, does it feel like it when you go back and watch. Talking about surprises, Cleve. Um, you know, let me ask you this before we move on from that. If you had to put $100 crispy dollars down right now, you say this is a one-off for The Rock for this year, or will we see him at all by the time 2023 ends, which would mean you have about two months and change to get him back in, and that's before Royal Rumble. Oh man, um, I would bet Survivor Series because I think that's when um, I think that's the rumor for when Roman will reappear is Survivor Series. So I'm guessing you would definitely want to start. I'm 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 eighty percent sure the direction for Mania main event will be The Rock versus Roman Night Two. So I think you want to start building that storyline early instead of waiting all the way to January. You won't really get enough time. I remember when The Rock and Cena actually teamed up 
against our truth and the Miz at Survivor Series, and that led to the epic two two great matches they had at Mania. So if I was a man, and I am sometimes, I would guess that The Rock will make an appearance in Chicago at Survivor Series, possibly at the end or beginning, but I think he will be in the building for Survivor Series. And Survivor Series is interesting because it's in Chicago, as uh, we alluded to. Uh, CM Punk rumors are out there. Uh, Also, rumors of Randy Orton, he was at the Performance Center. And who knows what will happen. Edge AEW rumors are hot and heavy right now. There's a lot that could happen. But when it comes to the Rock itself, uh, before... In 2023, I do think, and I know I'm thinking this every year um, since it's been rumored for the past couple of manias, but The Rock was on the Pat McAfee show on Friday on uh, cable television, as we all know. And he said the deal was in place. Hands were shaking with Nick Khan and Vince McMahon to do him versus Roman last year for the title at Mania. It was all locked in. The problem was... And how he says it is he alludes back to John Cena and The Rock. What happens after? When he fought Cena those back-to-back years, uh, it wasn't because he just wanted to, you know, win once, lose once, two Hall of Fame. No, he wanted to fully say, hey, John Cena, this is, we clearly know this is your show. Uh, It was mine, but it is totally yours now. And thank you for everything you've done. If you look back also at that last match, Cleveland, uh, he mentioned that at the very beginning of the match, The Rock, uh, one of his two injuries were known, but he had two injuries, and one of them cut off like circulation in his leg, and he just like kept going. Uh, another injury where he had his like, I, I want to believe he said like his rib cage was turned. He had to have two different surgeries, and his only motto was to get through the match, and I think that's. So important to mention because uh, The Rock is never going to come back to do something half-ass. I mean, he's the most followed human being on social media, for crying out loud. The dude knows what the fuck he's doing. So he is totally worth deserving of talking about for the entire first segment. We're doing a 30-minute show today, and we're spending a good 10 minutes on Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Cleve, I want to ask you, since you were more into it at that time than I was, and I am so pissed off I was not being in college, give me, you know, it could be low-key, it could be the main event at WrestleMania like it was. Give me something that you remember during the times of Rock, John Cena, and even CM Punk uh, was involved in that whole charade for a couple of years. What did you like and what do you remember most coming out of those couple of years of greatness? Well, I think... I think what a lot of people fail to mention, and you make a great point, including CM Punk, a lot of people always seem to forget that it was Punk, Rock, and Cena. Punk was the champion at the time, um, not the first time, but the second time when they had the a matchup. And then that's kind of a lot of issues with Punk has with WWEs because they seem that he was promised a main event. But however, you know how Vince changed his minds on the fly and he realized, hey, the match with Cena and Rock generates more money for a title belt than let's say Cena and rock part two without a belt so i think that's always forgetting forgotten about is that cm punk was a big part of that feud also 
But I think the real cool moments was the exchange of words between The Rock and Cena. I think The Rock is one of the greatest wrestlers on the mic. I think sometimes when Rock can get on the mic, he can really either elevate your character or he can tear your character down. There's been numerous occasions where years ago in the 90s, he had a few with badass Billy Gunn, and he was really angry about that because The Rock felt that he should have been main event Land, but instead they threw him in a throwaway match with Billy Gunn and basically basically murder Billy Gunn and Billy Gunn never recovered from that and you can say The Rock was an asshole but you got to understand is that when you're being elevated from a title pitcher to a lower card it kind of pisses you off but Cena's another guy I think is fantastic on the mic we've seen what Cena does I showed you a clip when Cena tore Roman Reigns up in the ring not this current Roman the former Roman when he was sort of um, post-shield, where he still, you know, couldn't cut promos and whatnot. But the exchange of words between The Rock and Cena was just really cool to see. The Rock started the Fruity Pebble stuff about John Cena, and I know it sticks to this day where a lot of people still call Cena Fruity Pebble. The Miz made a reference at, what was it, um, the last pay-per-view, when he said he's still dressed like a Teletubby. When he lost? Was that when he lost? Uh... First, I think it was around the first year with Cena lost, yes, because the rock Cena won the second year. But yeah, with the first exchange of words between these two mega stars who are sort of our generation version of Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, and they was actually able to clash in the rings. We didn't get to see that back then with Flair Hogan, but we got to see it with the rock and scene. But I think the exchange of words and promos between those two was probably one of my favorite moments from that time. Man, I love talking about the rock potential. I mean, like I said, we have Edge rumors, CM Punk rumors, The Rock rumors, Randy Orton rumors. Let me say this before we get into more, though, is this is a Cleveland Me super short show today. Um, next week, Tones will be back with us. We'll start to preview Fast Lane because uh, there's not much credence to the whole card yet. And then I'll also be live on YouTube before we head down to Indianapolis for the event. Really looking forward to it. Um, but, Cleve, let me ask you a question right out of the gate. Would you rather see if these things happened? Jericho versus Edge in AEW or Randy Orton versus Cody Rhodes in WWE? If you could only watch one. What would you watch I, if if it's six months from now? I'll go Randy and now. I'll go Randy and Cody only because they have more history. I feel that between Edge and Jericho, I feel like where Randy Orton was really the guy that got Cody. You know, Cody's debuted as you know he was hardcore Holly's partner, then he turned a hardcore guy with DiBiase. But what really started making people notice Cody was when he joined Legacy with Randy Orton, and then it was DiBiase. But really, the two factors were Cody and Randy. DiBiase was good, too, but I like Cole Rhodes had. So you can always make that a focal point of the feud where Randy goes, hey, I was the one that ushered you in. He used to carry my bags around this and that. And now Cody say, I'm not that I'm not that person anymore. I'm a, I'm a grown man now, basically. I don't need you. I feel like it's a lot of different ways you can really go back and you can really touch on the past history that they have as friendships, as being tag team partners doing legacy. So I think Randy and Cody has more appeal to me than an Edge and Jericho thoroughly tight match. Would it change your mind at all 
if we if I said uh, and again I'm assuming if Edge goes to AEW, I'm assuming Randy's healthy again. Um, he was seen at the Performance Center working out, which is a good sign. Uh, what if I told you Edge versus Christian? Now that one to me holds a little more weight because they both started in WWE together. So I, uh, you know, that one I think I would go Edge and Christian because I uh-huh. I watched the era. It, it just it, you said Jericho at first, and now Christian makes a lot more sense because it, let's just say this is Edge's final match. What better way to end the final match than with your best friend that you started the company with that you are arguably. I think Edge and Christian, in my opinion, are arguably top five greatest tag teams of all time. What they accomplished with the Dudley boys and the Hardys during the TLC era was just really dope. So I would go Edge and Christian for that one. But Edge versus anybody else over Cody and Randy, I'm going Cody versus Randy. Yeah, and out of those three, I'd put Cody and Randy one. Uh, because I've always loved Randy, and now I really like Cody since he's been in WWE, and their history goes back um, where, you know, like you said, Randy put Cody under his arm and said, come with me, like with D.B. Um, I know Christian and Edge's history is longer, but I think the match itself would be better between Cody and Randy. Um, at the same time, Jericho, I, I, would, I don't know, I just threw him out there. I would love a Jericho versus Edge too, but I love how all these things are hot and heavy because there's so many good stars that are coming. I mean, this writer's strike, why do we, we see Cena a lot, The Rock now? This writer's strike has made things interesting. There's rumors of Dave Bautista maybe entering back. You have so many options. Cleve, we're going to just be jumping all around today. I was actually, uh, this is pretty funny. I was actually at the gym, and this is, think do think about a SmackDown or Raw. Uh, I'll give you Raw. Give me a Raw storyline in a little bit that you're liking that might be under the radar. Uh, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I'll call that under the radar segment. But I was at the gym. I wore my uh, wreck everything and leave uh, sweatshirt from Roman Reigns. And this one guy there in the bathroom, he goes, you already know. I go, yes, I we the ones and we we both held up the ones and he's like he's telling me and we were just like shoot, shooting the shit uh talked about the rock a little bit and then he brought up out of nowhere we were talking factions and he's like did you hear the rumor on bobby lashley not only obviously having the street profits which he's been bringing along with them but if they had bianca belair and jade cargill join the faction and have a faction of five let me tell you right now I know Jade's probably going to ha- – let me talk to you. He might, She might have to go to NXT first. That might be That might be where, where they're going with, uh, you know, the entire Becky Lynch is down there too thing. They could have really build that. But I'm telling you right now, Cleve, I love that idea from the guy at the gym if they did that faction of five. I love it too, actually. It would be somewhat of a remake of the Hurt Business, which still hurts to this day. No point intended. But – they, I felt they ended the her business way too early, and it's really cool to see Bobby sort of running his own group. I, I, I know he's still wrestling. He'll eventually get back in the ring, but I think that's the direction because Bianca's been off air for a while now since she lost the title. She's kind of disappeared, and we know the rumors of Jay Cargo is leaving AW. Um, AW kind of fumbled with that. 
And now it's a lot of haters over there in AEW that says she wasn't good. At first she was, now she's not. You know how it goes when people leave. But I think you made a great point. I think it would be cool to see, but I think they're going to put her in NXT only because they want fans. They kind of want to build her up, you know what I mean? And I think the best way to do that is put her in NXT, get her familiar with the crowd, because I don't think guys that only watch WWE would really know who Jay Cargo is for real. So I think the best way to put her on NXT, run through that division, you can even make her the NXT Women's Champion, be the one that knocks off Becky Lynch. I think if you do that, you would really elevate Jay Cargo's status through the roof. Look what she did for Trish. Um, Trish, what's Tiffany Stratish? She seems like she's going to get a main roster jump. So it would be cool to see Jay join that faction with Bobby. Um, uh, what's the, I always mess that group up. Matez and Angel. Angel oh, Street Profits. It'll be cool to see him, Bobby, Street Profits, and Bianca. But I think the smart and safest route is for Jay to start off at NXT so she can get familiar with the WWE fan base. Yeah, and man, you have so many options. Uh, and I, what my thing on it is, I agree on the NXT part. Becky Lynch is down there right now. You could have her easily win that. Um, NXT's ratings the last few weeks have been over 850,000 viewers. Um, it's been topped like the two out of the last three episodes have been in like the top of the year. So I really want to give Becky Lynch a lot of comments because you got a lot of dumbasses out there who go, Becky's fake. No, Becky, yeah, every character gets a little stale sometimes and you need a scene. Of course, when she became the man, that will be the top of her feet of all time. But just look at what, how she's helping out NXT. And Cleve, I kind of wanted to bring up NXT because I've been following more lately. I love, love, love Shawn Michaels in charge. I love how they bring, um, in smart ways, they bring people from the you know WWE Raw and SmackDown rosters down. For example, I watched yesterday, Becky had a match. Dominic Mysterio had a match. Butch had a match. And it, they, and Baron Corbin's down there. It all just makes sense. They're not just throwing people in to try to get more views. They're putting it in and angling people to show, hey, NXT is developmental, but we could eat, We know it's always in Florida. But at the same time, we could send our stars down there when it makes sense to give the people more views. And really, I feel like NXT has gotten that uh, good energy and vibes back to it. Um I mean, they have a many of their own, whether it be Carmelo A's, Von Wagner, um, Braun Breaker. There's so many good uh, Chase U University. They have so many Tiffany Stratton, as you said, so many things going on down there that it's a good mix. And I really wanted to give them the kudos where it belongs. Cleve, I wanted to bring up, um, I'll start with SmackDown because I told you to think of a Raw segment. And I'm going to go to SmackDown first and say that where do I want to go with the SmackDown card? I don't want to do, I want to talk about, yeah, obviously we talked about John Cena um, and everything that happened with him with Solo Sokoa and uh, Jimmy Uso, which is all good stuff. But at the same time, and then we, of course, had The Rock. Those are the biggest effects. I do want to give Grayson Waller his comments because he really has 
lived up to a great challenge with all the stars he deals with. We brought him up a little bit before, but him and Austin Theory have really proven to be guys that they could really sustain and do big things. And they're going to just wait. Their time's coming. Let me tell you that. Let me talk to you. But uh, I do like Cleve that, and yeah, LA Knight's huge too. So we don't have to talk about that one. Of course, he's over as all could be. Um, I'm going to go also with the fact that we have I'm not talking about the woman. I don't like the whole Asuka versus, I mean, Dakota, not even Dakota Kai, whatever the hell her, her friend's name is, EO Sky. I don't really even want to really get into that. I'll say AJ Styles because I, I've seen rumors he's heating up on a, uh, it looks like Cleve, uh, by the way, for people that didn't know, it's Roman Reigns will be back in about four to six weeks. And then he'll be doing the November, early November show. Uh, overseas, which uh, crown jewel they have, and it looks like that will be against AJ Styles and it will involve the OC faction. AJ Styles deserves to get his bread somewhere. I don't want to know if he's ever going to win another championship, Cleve, but I think he gets overlooked a lot. And he fought Seth to be the number, uh, the person to win the belt. He lost that, he'll probably lose to Roman Reigns. But let me say this. I really do hope AJ Styles gets one more big title opportunity before it's all said and done. And I think he's proving that week in and week out on SmackDown. I agree. I think AJ Styles is the guy where I don't don't think he was ever people really see him as the face of a company. But if you ever in dire need of a guy that can win a belt and be steady in that division, that's AJ Styles. Remember when he beat Jinder Mahal, god awful WWE champion. He basically, and that was, um, it was crazy because they usually don't even change. The title usually doesn't change hands overseas. I remember that AJ won it on a random SmackDown overseas, and he basically saved us from the reign of Jinder Mahal. And he held through belt for quite a while, and he put over a lot of good guys. He made a lot of good guys look good in the ring. AJ is really great in the ring. You mentioned very underrated. A lot of people take him for granted. They don't realize that if you watch the original NXT, I'm talking about, the, I mean, TNA with the six-sided, AJ Styles was, in fact, the best wrestler there. Like, you had Kurt Angle and all those guys, but AJ Styles was the man there. And he jumps over here, and he's been in high-profile feuds his entire career since he's been over here, whether that's the United States champion, Intercontinental Tag Team, whatever. It would be cool to see him win. Another big belt. I was going to ask you, would you be opposed if he were to win the NXT champion? It seems like that's the direction a lot of guys late in their career are going. We've seen Dolph Ziggler do it. Um, Baron Corbin was even fighting down there for it. A lot of guys that, you know, seem that are probably toward the end of their career, not Corbin, but a lot of guys that in their career really just don't have any more directions go down to NXT and challenge for the belt. So could you see him fighting for the NXT champion in the near future? I could see it. I could definitely see him in the OC, maybe if they wanted to take a little time down there and do that and uh, try to put some people over. I wouldn't really mind. Um, I Really, though, I think he should get another opportunity at the heavyweight title. Uh, the universal to me, just between the Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, um, you know, the rock potential being out there. Uh, I re- that one's going to be tied up for a while regardless. 
I would not mind him being a world heavyweight title or NXT. I'd rather him do that than become uh, like a tag team champion or uh, intercontinental. I think at his point, he, he could be uh, doing different directions on that. I also saw Cleve. I was looking uh, again. This is a random episode today. I want to. Did you ever see the video? Uh, and we were talking SmackDown before we get to Raw, which will be next, and Cleve will bring up an under the radar segment. Um, Cleve, did you ever see the video on Twitter go around recently? I don't know if I sent it to the chat where an impact in about 2017, LA Knight and the Hardys were out there and the Hardys were faces and LA Knight was a heel and they kept saying delete and he kept saying, yeah, delete, yeah, delete, yeah. And this was at 2017 impact. You could tell 2017, 2018 as well. And I want you to talk on both. Uh, that's when Impact started to fall off once they got closer to COVID, around 19-ish, especially 20. But you can tell that Impact had a good run, like probably I'm roughly stating from like 08 to 16. But then it started to kind of tail its way off. Comment on both those. Well, I have to disagree with I think NXT. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I might have said it, I'm TNA no, slash Impact. I said I I mixed it up. I keep mixing them up. But I think, to me, in my opinion, I think TNA fell off in 2013. But the thing is, TNA has always had good guys there. But I just felt they were always a small company where if you're a big fish in a small pond, you know, you, you really don't get that much attention. It's like being on a bad team and putting up 30 points a night, but your team is only winning 20 games a season. L.A. Knight, from what I've seen old clips, was over in impact but the issue was i mean how many fans they get an impact to show what 2000 at average i mean who's really paying attention to a small crowd like that compared to where he's at now where you're getting nine thousand ten thousand on a weekly show so i do think that i did see the clip actually and it was funny because the yeah i thought the yeah thing started in WWE. he's been doing that basically his entire career it was a workout video where him and triple h and Triple H says something, and LA Knights go, yeah. So it's just like, that's basically his trademark of his saying. But, yeah, I do think that he was over in Impact. A lot of guys, I mean, um, what's that one guy named? Um, he was the GM for 205, the little guy. He was over in NX, I mean, in Impact, too. It was quite a few guys over, but Impact was just such a small company with a small fan base that you really just don't reach the – unless you're a diehard wrestling fan, which – you got a lot of those out there. Somebody tried to tell me. I saw on Twitter. I made a comment. He was like, "Impact and NWA is better than WWE." I had to comment on that because that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. The dude that was the dinosaurs was the guys of the dinosaurs was the NWA champion. That should tell you the direction that company is going. And same with Impact. You can't even. I can't even ask the average fan who's the champion over there. But. I'm not going to discredit. They did have great stars, but the issue was small companies. I feel fans. like after Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, that era kind of left there. You're right. Like I said, 2016, 17, but really that 14, 15 area, I would say. Oh, definitely. Especially once they took away their six sided ring, it just became ununique. Like it was nothing really different. The six sided ring was unique, you know what I mean? Not that many people have ever seen a six sided ring before, like it was cool to see. And I felt that impact gave them a little more free 
like I said, when you have a small crowd, you really can do whatever you really want to do. It's no censor. It's not that much censorship. You can come up with the goofiest idea because it's only a small crowd compared to WWE. They'll let a lot of some goofy stuff, but they won't let too much goof stuff happen. But LA Knight has definitely evolved over the years, though. He's not the guy. He was over an impact, but I think he's way more over than he is right now. It seems that he is sort of feuding with, you know, him and Heyman have been having words of lately. And with Roman possibly coming back in Survivor Series, I think it would be really cool to see LA Knight get a crack at Roman Reigns. For the universal WWE, whatever belt you want to call that, for Roman's titles. It's interesting you say that because when I look at early Mania predictions uh, or Royal Rumble, you see Seth Rollins is an option, Cody Rhodes is an option, The Rock is an option. I saw LA Knight is an option, and Cleve, I saw him where he ha- actually had the United States title. And then he faced Roman Reigns. I, I think somebody predicted at like Elimination Chamber or something. And it, I, it, I don't mind LA Knight getting to that picture, but let me say, let me talk to you and say this. Um, if he's going to lose, so if he's going to do it, you better build him so high and have such either a title or to the level that Cody was on where he lost doesn't kill you because you don't want to set LA Knight back at the same time. Uh, 2024, we have a lot of contracts that are expiring, right? Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Uh, what's my point about all that? You never know where stars might go or what they might have. Uh, and we don't want to dig too much into the future, but there's a lot that could go on into the scene. LA Knight's contract, that's why I said it, is being worked on as well. As you know, he wants a nice pot of money after. I mean, the dude's in his early 40s. He's been all over the uh, indie scenes. We mentioned NXT. We mentioned uh, impact TNA. He's been around in so many things that this is finally his time to get a payday as well. As I mentioned before, we get to Cleve's under the radar raw segment. Don't miss us next week. Tampa Tones will join us. We'll start to preview the Fast Lane show, and we're just in a few weekends away time, two weekends away from after this one from going to Fast Lane and Indy. So don't forget that. But Cleve, that being said, we're getting to the last part of our show here. Uh, well, give me an under-the-radar Raw segment that you took out of it for Monday night. You know, I really like Bronson Reed. He had a match against Jack. One of those big guys, you know, probably will never win it. I'm going to try to bl- bring Cleve back in here in a second. Uh, there was some bad sound issue going on there, and I apologize for that. He mentioned Bronson Reed, and he mentioned Tomasa Champa, and I – do want to finish his part out on that. Sorry about that, fans. Little difficulty. Hot nail pictures heating up on Raw. Absolutely, and I, what I got out of that, Cleve, is I got um, between Gunther, uh, Bronson Reed, and Tomasa Champa. Good things to highlight. Uh, I would like to see a Bronson Reed versus a Gunther for the IC title potentially, or even a Champa versus a Gunther. Um, we've been on this shtick a lot lately with uh, Alpha Academy, and thank you, which is awesome uh, for Chad Gable. But eventually they're going to have to choose someone new. And Bronson Reed, it looks like he's trying to get that push um, to the top of the card. So that is always good to see as well. So I definitely like that under-the-radar segment on Raw. I brought up my SmackDown. I think that was good, bold choices by us. 
And that's what we gave you on today. We're not going through everything. Like I said, we're going to eventually get to Fastlane. But let me talk to you and say this. There's a lot of good wrestling coming up, a lot of people returning, a lot of rumors happening. And now that the full sale is done, who knows what might play into question in WWE. But let's say this. Good luck to everybody at AEW Grand Slam tonight. We're going to have MJF uh, taking on Samoa Joe along with Chris Jericho over Sammy Guevara. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch the highlights. Is AEW Grand Slam will be awesome. And I'm out of here to edit the crap out of Cleve's couple crappy segments and then watch the show. God bless. Good night, everybody. And tune in next week to another edition of Cleve and Me. Get at us on Twitter, at Cleve and Me. Jump in our DMs. Don't be a little bitch. Make sure we hear from you, good or bad. God bless. Good night. Love everybody here.